a lot of baggage um, around that topic uh, when it comes to uh, comes to the church. But uh, we'll get into that here. Uh, what I want to do first is I want to um, I'm going to turn to God's Word, and I want to read from the Gospel of Mark uh, a story um, from Jesus' life, Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. We'll put the verses up here on the screen, or you can read along if you brought your Bible. Um, and let's, uh, let's hear what God has to say to us this morning from His Word. Mark 12, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So, the place, the place is Herod's temple in Jerusalem. There are boxes scattered throughout the court where people could come and put their offerings, put, put money, when the money was gathered. And Jesus is sitting there, it's as across from this place, um, he's sitting there in the temple and his disciples, his friends are with him. And he's watching, he's watching as, as men and women enter the court, and they make their way to these offering boxes. And it seems like he's watching with a, with a great deal of interest. He always does. I believe that Jesus is concerned about what we do with our money. He pays attention to how we manage our resources. He's interested and how we respond when, well, like what we just did, when, when the offering bucket goes, goes past us. I referred to it last service as the KFC bucket, and I was, I don't know what I was thinking. It's popcorn bucket, I was told, very seriously. So every time the popcorn bucket comes past us in the, in the theater, Jesus is paying attention. He's interested in what we do when there are opportunities for us to be generous. You know, people sometimes say, um, I wish that ministers would preach the gospel and quit talking about money. I've heard that. I've even said that myself a few times. But I guess I've come to believe that it's impossible to preach the gospel and not talk about money. Did you know that Jesus had actually more to say about money than he did about being born again? And that he had more to say about money than he did about heaven or hell? And if Jesus talked so much about money, then it must have been 
something that was important to him. And if it was important for Jesus, then it shouldn't it be important for us as well? So that's why we're spending four weeks talking about our relationship with money. It's why we actually do this every year. I believe it's impossible to preach the gospel without saying something about what we do with what we've been giving, which is, includes our, our finances. So why do you think Jesus was so, so concerned about money? Well, I see a couple of things. First of all, I think Jesus was watching the offering box in the temple because money is power. Over the centuries, people have turned money into, into a whole lot more than just little scraps of paper or, or pieces of metal. Money is, is bottled up energy. It can be used to corrupt lives, to defeat justice, to destroy. It can be used to inhibit the growth of God's kingdom in the world. But it can also be used to build God's kingdom. It can be used to heal and to restore communities and to rebuild broken lives. So I think Jesus is naturally interested in the, in the financial power that comes into each of our lives. And Jesus is also interested in the offering box because what we do with our money is a clue to our character. A person who invests heavily in the pursuit of pleasure is a pleasure seeker. A person who invests a lot of time and energy in reading and, 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 and in books is, is a lover of literature. A person who invests heavily in the church of Jesus Christ is more likely to be a follower of Jesus. Of course, a person can be generous and, uh, and give freely without being a Christian, but I believe it's impossible to be a follower of Jesus and to be stingy and selfish. Every offering that is taken is an important opportunity. Each time you have an opportunity to demonstrate generosity, it's also an opportunity for you to demonstrate your character. If the chance to be generous turns you off, if you are bored by it, or if, you, if it annoys you, then honestly, you've just demonstrated something about your character. When we refuse to be generous, we choose instead to be selfish. But if we give, if we give gladly, we give extravagantly, we demonstrate the same character of that as Jesus. God's children are meant to share His character. And one of God's divine characteristics is generosity. God's children, His sons and daughters, are called to live generously. Just as Jesus watched people move past the offering boxes in the temple, Jesus also sees our actions. 
when opportunities to be generous enter our lives. He sees what we do. If we ignore opportunities to be generous, He sees that. If we are selfless and our giving is extravagant, He sees that too. And I know this... I know that's a little intimidating to think about that, isn't it? I mean, I've felt that way as I've been sitting with these verses for a while. And I thought about how Jesus sat there in the temple and he watched. How many people did he see give and not give and give a lot and not give much and give selfishly or give selflessly and to think about that has never stopped Jesus still watches us give he sees us not give and give selfishly or selflessly and that's a little intimidating to think about and what what did Jesus see when he was in the temple well it says he saw Many rich people give large gifts. They were interested in the work of God's temple. They supported it financially, some with large amounts. They weren't selfish. And thank God there are people like that today. There's still rich people who are not too tired on Sunday morning, Sunday morning to join God's people in worship, and many of them give generously to support the ministries of the church. And as Jesus watched, says he noticed one woman who did not put very much into the offering box. A poor widow came, story says. She was a woman who, I think we can presume, had suffered. It says she knew the pinch of poverty. All she had in the world was right there in her hand. Was she ashamed? That she had so little to give. And yet, she couldn't keep it for herself. She had to give it away. So this poor widow placed into the offering box two small copper coins worth only a few cents, it says. And when the temple treasurers counted up that day's collection, were they, were they impressed with the widow's gift? It was nothing. Two small coins. It's hardly worth counting. I mean, if it had fallen on the floor, you'd wonder if it would even be worth the energy to bend over and pick it up. I mean, how many of you, when you see a penny laying on the ground, stop and pick it up? Yeah, I know. There's some of you that will, some of you Dutchmen in here, you know, you're going to stop and pick up every penny you find. But seriously, what is that worth? What is that worth today? Any excitement that day was probably focused on all those large gifts that the rich left. Only Jesus recognized the true value of the widow's gift. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow, she has put more into the treasury than all the others. And what was it? What was it about that widow's small gift that made it so extravagant? Why did Jesus think it counted for more? Well, I think it was more, first of all, because it represented 
more faithfulness on the part of the giver. She had only two small coins. We already said, that's not much. What in the world could they mean to God, the creator of the universe? But they meant everything to the widow because it was all she had. Now, the human thing for her to do, since she was so strapped financially, would have been to do nothing and keep them. I mean, certainly she can justify not tithing for a, for a month. She's got other responsibilities, food, clothes, place to stay, probably a family, maybe some kids. And, and she's all alone. Nobody else is taking care of her. People would understand, wouldn't they? God would understand, wouldn't he? Now, how many of us think like that from time to time? I know I have. I know you probably have too. But what's really behind that kind of an attitude? Is it unfaithfulness? Is it actually a lack of faith in God's power? Is it an, an unwillingness to surrender to God's control? Well, I know what it is. At least for me, I know it's putting myself first. It's me putting faith in me. It's me putting me before God. And Jesus says that the person who is unfaithful in little will also be unfaithful in much. So you see, the question is not about how much good your gift will do. It's a, it's a question instead of your faithfulness and how you handle what you have, however small it is. And honestly, I don't really care how much money you put in those KFC buckets, I mean those popcorn buckets um, on Sunday mornings. Well, maybe, maybe a little part of me cares a little bit. Uh, but a big part of me doesn't. What I do care about is whether or not you are being faithful to God with the resources that he has blessed you with. This widow was faithful. She didn't give because she felt like it. It had nothing to do with feelings. She gave because she was being obedient to a trustworthy God. Now some people, I've noticed over the years in ministry, some people give because they support what a church is doing. They feel good about what's happening in their church at that moment. But then things change. And we've experienced a little bit of change, haven't we, over the last months. And there'll be some more. But then things change, and some people don't feel quite as good anymore. So what do they do? 
they stop giving. Now, that type of giving is motivated by feelings, by personal preferences, and it is not motivated by faithfulness. That is not the type of giving that Jesus asks for. Jesus commends those who, whatever the situation, are faithful with whatever has been given to them. And it took an incredible amount of faithfulness for this widow to give this small gift, far more than was required of the rich who gave large amounts. So, this widow's gift was also extravagant because it was costly. It was sacrifice in what she did. It was extravagant. Jesus saw the rich give freely, but not sacrificially. They came in rich, but they left rich. Their gifts were large, but they only gave what they didn't need themselves. Now, the widow's gift cost everything. When those two coins slipped from her fingers, she had nothing left. There must be sacrifice in our giving. If not, then how can it be called generous? Jesus sees giving that costs everything. And that's the kind of giving that Jesus demonstrated. How much did he give? He gave everything. His giving was extravagant. It cost him his life. Shouldn't our gifts cost us something too? On one of my earlier trips to Haiti, our group had the opportunity to bring a, a truckload of, of rice and beans out to a, a very impoverished rural area. And this extravagant gift of food that we brought uh, was shared with, with a whole bunch of families, many of which um, were composed of, of poor widows and their children. And we were so excited to share in such a generous way. And then, a few days later, we were told that many of these people went home that night and made a, a huge meal of the rice and the beans that we gave them. Some took those bags I mean, they were huge, 40, 50, 60-pound bags. They took those huge bags, and they made it all. And then they invited in their family and their extended family and all their neighbors to come and eat with them. They didn't hoard it. They shared it. And our generosity was humbled by the generosity that these literally starving people demonstrated in turn. That's the sort of generosity, extravagant generosity, that Jesus sees and blesses. And one other thing, this widow's gift was extravagant because there was so much love in her giving. Her gift would have been worthless if there was no love involved. 
Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. The richest gift is worthless to God if there's a wrong motive behind it. On the other hand, the smallest gift is beautiful beyond words if it is given for love's sake. Jesus saw into this widow's heart. She wasn't looking for attention or applause. You know, real love is, is, is active. It, uh, it insists on doing something. And, and if it can do something big, it will. If it has the ability. But if it can't, it, it'll do something small or something obscure or something that's hidden. But it will always do something. You can count on it. Love will give. And it'll give of its best. And the best is what Jesus sees. So, what can we remember from this story? Number one, everyone is equal when it comes to giving. Those of us with the smallest gifts have exactly the same opportunity of honoring God as those with the largest gifts. We get into trouble when we start worrying about who's got the best to give or who is the most generous, what we can be sure of is that Jesus sees and he is pleased with generosity that is faithful, that is sacrificial, and that is motivated by love. Number two, remember that even the smallest gifts, if they are our best, are not looked down on. Do you ever notice how we like to measure stuff? Especially stuff related to money. And we, we get confused into believing that more is better. And have you noticed that Jesus just doesn't count like we do? What matters to him is what inspires our giving. If two very small coins are our best, Jesus will bless it and consider it to be valuable. And then number three, since Jesus cares about our giving, let's make sure that nothing keeps us from being generous. Don't let anything get in the way. Don't stop because you feel sorry for yourself. Don't stop because others feel sorry for you. Jesus didn't stop the poor widow from giving her last two coins. He knew that her extravagant generosity was a sign of her extraordinary faithfulness in God. Now, Luke says it this way. He says, give and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. A hand that is wide open to give is also a hand that's wide open to receive God's blessing. The Lord doesn't hesitate to accept our last penny because that kind of giving doesn't impoverish us. It makes us rich forever. And I said this is a, this is a challenging story. It's a, it's a challenging series. And I think one of the reasons why is because it, it demonstrates to us that God's perspective, God's view of the world is so different from ours. First Samuel says 
The Lord does not look at things, look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This poor widow gave extravagantly. She gave it all. And that is the call of the gospel. Absolute surrender to God. So don't let your money be the master of your life. Instead, like the old song says, give of your best to the master. Okay, let's pray. God, help us not to be um, scared or, or, or nervous or, or anxious about um, being confronted with some, some of these tough, tough, tough uh, topics. Um, help us to be confident that you, um, you can teach us, your spirit can, um, can help us to know how to live. Um, how to live in a way that, uh, that honors you um, and also can, can spread your grace and your love in the world around us. Um, so I just pray for, for all of us here this morning um, that we take something with us. Take something with us that, that, that helps us to actually be generous people, to be people with a generous heart. Uh, because I really believe your, your word teaches us that this is a mark, a mark of a fully devoted follower of Christ as a person of generosity. Um, so help us. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.